Coming to you from the breakfast taco capital of the world, it's the most unique hour of sports talk streaming worldwide. Worldwide. And beyond. And beyond. Live from the Alamo City, it's the Two Shots Podcast, hosted by Joe Garcia. Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And today we're going to be joined by a very special guest. We're going to be joined by Jeff Garcia, the OG of Spurs Reporting. Uh, and he's also uh, given a, a very good article that's it brings up a great topic of discussion about a what-if scenario. What if Shaq had joined the San Antonio Spurs and how many championships they won? We're going to go ahead and get into that with Jeff. But Jeff, how are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Um you say OG, that really, really makes me feel old. Like, old, <laughs> old, old. You're the OG I of mean, Spurs coverage. I, I, I mean, I, I remember Steven just being a little kid talking to me. Uh, <laughs> just a kid. Just a baby. And, um, of course, you know, um, everybody else that I've helped along the way. But, yeah, good to, good to come on. It's uh, time to play What If? Shall we be the watcher, Joe? I... And uh, give them Spurs realities? That we could venture into and ask, what if Shaq joined the Twin Towers? Can you imagine, though, the Triple Towers? That would have been something, man. But before we start going diving into this real quick, let's introduce our co-host here. We are going to be joined by the one and only Steven Anderson. Steven, it's been quite some time. Glad to have you back, sir. How are you? How are you? How have you been? Been well, guys. I mean, it's good to be back. It has been some time, Joe, as you said, but uh, Spurs basketball right around the corner. Training camp starts next week, I believe. So uh, let's let's do this. Yeah. And we're also going to be joined by the one and only Rudy Campos Jr., who is the host of Sweep the League. Rudy, good to have you on the show, brother. It's It's nice to actually be talking Spurs basketball with you once again. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Joe. It's going to be fun. Basketball season, Spurs season right around the corner. Uh, I, I'm the uh, I'm the uh, the little guy on this panel. That's for damn sure, though. <laughs> uh, everybody's everybody's equal here, except for Jeff. Jeff is like a, a tier above. He's like Super Saiyan. He's like Super Saiyan level ten or something. You know, right, God Roshi. level. Just, God level. Just hanging out. Just hanging out in the hut with a <laughs> turtle shell on my back with a big beard. There you go. <laughs> so let's go ahead and dive into this, Jeff, because I know you're limited on time. Uh, but you were bringing up a great what if scenario, and that was. What if Shaq was to join the San Antonio Spurs? Yeah. Let's go ahead and elaborate on that article that you wrote. Sure. Yeah, he joined the uh, former Spurs, uh, Robert Ory, on his podcast. And uh, they're talking about the super teams and, you know, how they kind of just don't like it. And, you know, they're the OGs as well. You know, they're, they're used to the old ways. And then he said, hey, you know, if he said, hey, if this was allowed back in my time, that he would have no problems joining the Twin Towers. And we're, we're talking peak Shaq here. Join, what, the 99 Spurs team, perhaps a little later than that, but that's still a very young Tim Duncan, still a serviceable Robinson. He was he was way past his MVP years, but you know, very serviceable. It would have been a formidable trio. I mean, it would have gone down as the greatest uh, big men in uh, in NBA history. Obviously, it's a good problem to have uh, for the Spurs if that had happened. You know, how do you play these? Who's going to come off the bench? Is that even a possibility? Would Robinson? Yeah, take another step back as he did for Duncan to let him take over the reins and come off that bench. Or maybe you let him play the five. I mean, there was so many possibilities. You could have uh, uh, seen this scenario play out. But one thing's for sure, and I think everybody would agree, you know, there will probably be a few more banners hanging in the 18th season, huh, Rudy? 
Oh, yeah. I think uh, we're talking, geez, man, if you're getting Shaq, Robinson, and Duncan, can we safely say maybe four more minimum? Uh, yeah. So grand total, what? So they get 99. That's one. So they're still at five? Yeah, say they get the five and maybe add an additional four, I would think, possibly. Talking maybe nine titles? Dang. Maybe double digits. I, I think mean, it's double remember, digits. Those guys in the prime pretty unstoppable. Shaq was a formidable foe, especially inside the paint. He was an unstoppable force. And then you couple that with, you know, Tim Duncan and David Robinson. I'm like, damn. You know, it's like, who's yeah. going to be able to stop them? Nobody. Yeah. You know, so I think it would be probably 10 plus. Uh, what do you think, Stephen? How many uh, titles do you think they would have won with Shaq on the team? Yeah, I definitely think it would be double digits for sure. Because, I mean, as you guys have said, you know, um, I'm sure all of you will agree that Shaq was probably one of the best centers in one of the best in NBA history, regardless of what team he plays for. Because, I mean, he was just so dominant, as you said, Joe. And, I mean, with Robinson there, Duncan there, I mean, as Jeff mentioned at the top, you know, you know, I was just a kid way back when. So, I mean, um, it, it would have easily been double digits. And it, it would have been probably the Spurs would have been that best team in NBA history going off a championship because they would have been just pure domination. Yeah. And yeah. You know, and you, you, you this out too, uh, Joe. Sorry to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead. But you, you look at the scenario and uh, sure, you know, instant titles. I mean, that's pretty much what it will be. Uh, you, you know, but then, you know, the branches off this timeline, this what if scenario is there likely wouldn't be a, a Tony Parker and, and a Mono Ginobili in Spurs colors because it'd constantly be, you know, playoff perennial player uh, teams, you know, probably not even the, in the, in the draft, low, low picks. Who knows? You know, they, they just any serviceable point guard would have been fine for them. They, they probably wouldn't be like, oh, you know, we don't need a point guard. You're just a guy who understands give the ball to one of these three guys, if not all of them. Um, it, it just so many things could have happened with this. Uh, then comes the, the the downside to this though is money. Eventually, you know, does Shaq, you know, want to, you know, uh, bump heads with Duncan as far as being the main guy? He bumped heads with Kobe Bryant, you, you know, and let that have happened in the scenario because Duncan, I mean, Robinson was really coming out of his heyday, and Duncan was rising to his prime. It wasn't prime Duncan yet. That's a situation that I that I think needs to be addressed because would he bump heads with TD just as he did with uh, Kobe Bryant, Joe? I don't know. I think at at some juncture, the attention that that Duncan would have garnered would have bothered Shaq because it obviously bothered him when Tone when to, when Kobe was actually getting yeah. uh, that's you know the spotlight shined on him, and it caused friction amongst them. Uh, but you had two alpha males there. And I think that same scenario yeah. could be said with both Shaq and Tim Tim Duncan. While Tim Duncan doesn't, you know, really necessarily, you know, want that spotlight on him, he's still a very big competitor out there on the court. And I think that would have probably bothered Shaq somewhat. But the thing is, is what position would Duncan play if you're going to play him all three at the, at, on the court at the same time? You have Shaq yeah. at the center. Then you would, what would you do with David Robinson? Would you move him over him? Have him play the point, the I mean, power be, forward, the greatest, the greatest small forward in NBA history, right? <laughs> right? There. It's like That's okay, <laughs> you know, and, and Tim Duncan would be okay, power forward, all right, but then he could yeah. run the point at times, so he would be a point forward slash power forward. Yeah. I mean, it would have been amazing to see, you know. Yeah, Rudy, tell me, tell me, tell me, you think about this, you know? Why can I see Robinson saying, you know what, I, I can take another step back, I'll come yeah. off that bench, you know. The X factor in all this is Popovich. 
he's going to have to manage the 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 um, the characteristics you know these players the egos of these players that would have tested him you know i think that really would have been his one of his greatest tests is trying to manage three egos you have robinson the og you know that got everything going in the 90s duncan comes in he's the heir apparent to robinson then you got shack who's just the beast uh, I don't know, Rudy. What do you think? You think Robinson will be okay, or you think you know Popovich would have to just manage everything? I think you're. I think we're looking at it, you know, kind of like how you were describing it. I mean, David would definitely have to take the step back. And the good thing about David and Tim is you've got two of the most humblest guys in the NBA has ever seen. So to ask David to hate, would you mind coming off the bench? You know. I don't think he'd have a problem at all. And not only that, you got to remember that would allow Pop to rest Tim, to rest Shaq, to rest David, and not have to worry about whether he's going to be dominated inside for giving the guy rest. I mean, the David taking a step back, and you got to remember towards the end of David's career, you you insert one Manu Ginobili. So having Manu and David Robinson coming off the bench. Um, there's not very many teams that have a starting five with those two in it, let alone having two of those guys come off the bench for you. Uh, David's the kind of guy that you know for a fact. He does whatever he can do for the team, and Tim Duncan the same way. So I think uh, having David come off the bench, Pop would have no problems running that team. I think it would be a lot easier than most people realize. And what about you? What are your thoughts, Stephen, uh, about the positioning, about you know maybe Shaq playing the center, you know, you have David Robinson, maybe a small forward. Then you have Tim Duncan as a power forward. How dominant would that trio have been? Very dominant. And remember, this is this is a pop of the '90s or early 2000s uh, pop. So I mean, he would have had plenty of options on uh, you know to, to um, position guys how they wanted to position them. This is before there, and I think Rudy has said this before, like there are no more positions in the NBA currently, but back then there were. So he would have had many, many options what to do with them. And I think he could have easily, you know, maybe sat one of them, but maybe Robinson comes off the bench. At one point he could have started all three of them. I mean, he would have had plenty of options, but either way, um, it would have been very difficult to stop no matter what, where he positioned them. Because like, like I said, um, you know, three of the probably best, uh, players in NBA history and Jeff Noti, you know, Duncan not in his prime just yet, but with uh, Shaq and Robinson there, uh, I think Timmy would have eventually figured that out if he if he did by then. Yeah, and Jeff, where can they go ahead and see the article that you just wrote? Because I know it is available on the Ken's 5 website, but can you give us a little bit more definitely. insight? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's at kens5.com slash furs. I'm still getting used to that, <clears throat> you know, after I got courted by like, like I was out of high school. You know, that's what it felt like. It really felt like I was getting courted out of high school again when Kansas <laughs> came knocking on my door. You know, oh, you know, we're going to take care of him. You know, he's going to be our five-star recruit. But definitely go to kensfy.com slash Spurs. It's not just, you know, the Tim Duncan, you know, what if Shaq Robinson scenario. There's so much going, such as my exclusive interview with Keldon Johnson about his community outreach, especially with Lanier High School. And, uh, of course, Locked On Spurs is there. There's so much going on at kensfy.com slash Spurs at all. Spurs fans uh, could enjoy, including a locked on Spurs with somebody on this panel right now. <clears throat> Two guys on this panel. <laughs> Two guys on this panel. I may have recorded so, one with you earlier. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Rudy may have been on one recently as well. So Possibly. they're all there Possibly. at uh, kinsfi.com slash Spurs. And, and by the way, I, I got to ask Rudy this because 
you're, I think you're more of a sneakerhead than Joe just by a hair. What did okay. you think of the the Nike low the low fives for the Fiesta look? Man, I my first reaction was I, I like them. I really do. Um, but even now I'm I'm looking at them like I I really do. I mean I I really really like them. I I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to comp me a pair for sure. Interesting because Joe revealed that he does not like them. I don't like wow. them. I'm not feeling those low, the low, uh, you know, Air Force ones with the Fiesta theme colored way. I'm just like they're all right. They just I need to see a little bit more pizzazz to it. It just seemed a little bland, you know. I want them to see more. I want to see more color, like like Jeff sporting those, you know, Dejounte Murray Fiesta colorways, yeah. you know. So you want to get some attention, yeah. you know. You want to be bold, well, yeah. You know? It's like I told sometimes. It's like I told Joe um, on Lockdown Spurs recently, uh, Rudy. If anybody who has those New Balance shoes from Murray, you have to break them in because they're super tight. Yeah, you have to break them in. I mean, it's, it's a little a little painful to put them on, but you know, once you break them in, they're they're pretty good. But yeah, I, I'm assuming the kid here, Stephen, probably would just grab anything that has Fiesta colors on it. Uh. <laughs> that's what it feels like. The kids just all buy up Fiesta colors, no matter what. I don't know. This I don't is true. Know. I actually have the uh, the Chucks, the you know the, the Converse uh, Spurs Fiesta shoes. So yes, that, that is accurate, uh, Jeff. Very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to ask right, well, you a question, Jeff, uh, oh, right ahead, before go you go ahead and bounce here. Um, are there any important dates we need to keep in mind? Because I think something's happening on Monday, right? Oh, yes, yes. It's called uh, Media Day. Yeah, the official beginning of Spurs um, preseason training games, training camp, all the good stuff. Yeah. Actually, I was surprised though. It looks like it's going to be in person. Wow, that's what it looks like. It's like it won't be no zooms or anything. I'm pretty sure there's going to be distancing. You know, you, you know, some sort of setup there. But uh, yeah, get ready for a long season, fellas. Yeah, Should long we just season. Say that. Just get yeah, ready for sure. a very a lot of a lot of L's. What and did Ws? we say, Jeff? The the word or the mantra of the season is going to be like that ice that uh, Mr. T gift for the oh, media. yeah pain pain pain, pain. <laughs> pain. <laughs> rudy I, I think there might be some proud, some proud moments right I, i'm expecting some proud moments from these young guys along the way <sighs> yeah i mean yeah there will be there will nice. be I, I think the best the biggest accomplishment that we're gonna see in this first season is uh valero's gonna be very happy to give away free coffee. Oh, uh, you know damn well. They <laughs> uh, give away. No coffee. No mamas, Rudy, Rudy. You went there. No mamas, Rudy, Rudy. You went there, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I mean, I'll go ahead and take my my 17 or 20 cups of coffee. Ouch. Ouch. Hopefully they make all of us eat crow, man. I, I'm hoping that oh, happens. I hope so, but, too. But I, I know Jeff has uh, got a, a prior engagement. Well, here. look, 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 Stephen, let me tell you something right now. This is, this is what a rebuild looks like. Myself, Rudy, and, yep. and, and Joe, right. we've gone through this before, mm -hmm. before Robinson. So this is your time now. So enjoy it. We, we, know, what, <laughs> we know how to do it. I, kids I, don't I, yeah, I, I've covered uh, the WNBA stars losing 17 in a row. I've covered the Rampage losing awful seasons. I was joking with Michael DeLeon earlier. I was like, you know what? I was made to cover a bad Spurs season <laughs> for a few years. So I, I'm ready for it. All right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to be bracing for it. But no, I, I hope they're going to have a good season. Uh, development is key. That's what's going to get me through the entire season, that mantra. This is all development. for development. You know what's going to get game. me through the season, Jeff? The HEB commercials. Yeah? Yeah. 
that that yeah. that'll be it for me because and 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 what Rudy pounding the sixer every every uh, game. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have the drinking game, aren't we? Oh my God! So are we doing any? Everyone takes a shot after a, a miss shot. An L. Oh, I don't think man. there's enough liquor stores in town. After a miss three. No, oh, uh, Joe, you gotta you gotta get yourself a, a liquor sponsor now. Oh man. That might make a lot of money right now. I don't know if we want to be drunk drunk texting, though, though, you know, on game day, especially during the middle of a game, because it's going to get ugly, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Rudy and gentlemen, thank you for having me on, and I appreciate it. Got to bounce. Got some plans ahead. But uh, again, Rudy, Joe, Steven, good to talk to you all. All right, Jeff. Thank Thank you for your time. Uh, Talk to you later. Well, we had to say goodbye to one Jeff Garcia. We appreciate him coming on and giving us some time, you know, to go ahead and talk about the what-if scenario with Shaq joining the San Antonio Spurs. But as we transition here to our next topic of discussion, this is actually some good news, especially in my old hangouts, in my old hood. I grew up on the other side of town, off of Old Pearsall Road, Five Palms, the Sky Harbor kind of area. Uh, So... Miller's Pond Recreation Center is one of the uh, hubs for that side of town where I grew up. And I frequent, uh, I used to frequent Miller's Pond quite, you know, often in the summertime. Me and my buddies used to use it to as a recreation center to go and play basketball there on the court. And let me tell you, it was blistering hot in the sun and you didn't really have a lot of access to water. You had a water fountain, but usually the water was hot, you know, and the court was hot. <laughs> so... You you did you 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 got used to it when you were a kid. You know it was something that you loved doing, playing basketball out there with your friends. But recently, uh, the San Antonio Spurs Give Foundation uh, they went ahead and upgraded the Miller's Pond basketball court outdoors, uh, along with one Lamarcus Aldridge. And as you guys can see the pictures here, they even added the the shade cells on the top as a canopy so it gives you some coverage from the from the sun which i'm like this is a game changer man i wish they had this when i was a kid you can see that the court is fiesta themed out it says spurs give they have lamarcus aldridge his logo on the center of the court i mean this is amazing especially for the side of town that i grew up on this does not happen and this is amazing for these kids and for the community because there's only two parks in this area of town one of them is up here on Pearsall Road, which is Miller's Pond. The other is further down the road on Pearsall Road. And that's going to be the, uh, I think it was a Pearsall Park or something like that, uh, where they have the splash pads and all that. It's right on what used to be the old city dump. And they revitalized it and made it a splash pad slash park for the community. That's about all that's out there right now. So this is this is huge for the community. And I, I like to see that the Spurs gave gave my old hood some love. Uh, what do you all think about the court? We'll start with you, Stephen. What do you think about the design for this court? Yeah, I think it looks really great, guys. I mean, first of all, it, it just has a very fresh look, uh, as you guys mentioned. In, 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 I mean, it, it, I think, um, you know, it just has a nice look to it. And also, it could happen to a better area, I should also say, uh, Joe. And even as your old hood, your old neighborhood, it could happen to a better area. So, I mean, the, overall, the court looks very nice. Um, I mean, I mean... I would love to go play on it myself. I'd love to get all of us, you know, have all four of us go down and play some two-on-two against each other maybe one day. I mean, it looks really cool. Yeah, it does look really cool. And, you know, I, I really do like it. You know, it, mean, it means a lot to the, to the community, you know. 
Um, and we'll go ahead and start with you, Wesley, too. We'll pitch to you next. What do you think about this court? I mean, wouldn't you like to have something like this growing up? Oh, yeah, man. I tell you what. First and foremost, it's a sweet design. I mean, you gotta you got to give the props to that. And I think you said it best, Joe. I mean, just the fact that you've got the, you know, the cover, uh, you know, and I know how hot those asphalt courts get. And, you know, we've all been there. We've all seen that with like tennis courts and basketball courts back in the day. Uh, and you're right. I mean, you get one water fountain, <laughs> hot water comes out of it. You, you don't really get any kind of relief. And so, I think it's just cool. I mean, I think it's a great venture for the Spurs. And like you said, uh, the re- revitalizing efforts of things and the splash pads out in that area are just really, um, really, really awesome to see. And, I, you know, get big, big props to, to LaMarcus Aldrich. I mean, here's a guy who is not a Spur anymore, right? He's he's a Brooklyn net, you know, coming out of retirement and wish him very well. Um, I, I'm glad to see him back again. But uh you know, here's a guy who's just continuing to do things for this community. It just shows you uh, how good his heart is and, and what a what a great human being he is to uh, be a part of this. And, and for that matter, um, for the San Antonio Spurs, I mean, how can you not root for this franchise and for the, the people within this franchise when they do things like this? I mean, this is just an incredible thing for this community. Yeah, that Spurs give, you know, really showing how they give back to the community and now, this is just special to me, you know, because I grew up here playing basketball. And I don't want to say how many years ago, but it was quite some time ago, you know. So we grew up there playing basketball and on the court that was, you know, just not in the best shape. But now it's been revitalized and means a lot to the kids there. It, it Maybe it can inspire them to, you know, want to be able to do better things. You know, you you can, you know, go out and play basketball. I mean, you you feel like. Somebody actually cares about you, you know, and, and by it being the San Antonio Spurs, it sends a big message to the next generation of fan, you know. So I think the Spurs did a great thing for the community. Rudy, you know a little bit about this side of town, I'm sure. Uh, what do you think about the court? Yeah, I mean, back in my gangbanger days, I dealt this side of town very, very well. It, it's awesome, man. I just have a problem, you know. Why does he have to paint the court Brooklyn net colors? I mean, that's, come on, <laughs> man. You can pick something totally different. Now, it's a great gesture by LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, like you said, I have I used to play ball. Uh, every Sunday, we used to rent the gym, Miller's Pond. So, um, you know, we it's, it's a community that needs to be built up, and it's starting to get built up there. This is a great gesture by LaMarcus. Uh, the Spurs Give organization is actually – it's fantastic, man. I mean, it's great for the community, especially in that area. I just want to know when they're going to give to the mean streets of General McMullen and Calabra. That's what I want to know. Maybe you should go ahead and ask them that question. You know, I I, I think I might because uh, we still have the chains on the basketball court. And, you know, whenever I go up for a dunk, I'm just ripping my hands left and right. So, I mean. I got. I got to go with the Spurs on that. I don't know. If, uh, you're jumping uh, to to dunk the ball. Does that mean you're jumping off a trampoline? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have to lower the court to five feet. Hey, come on! Doesn't the chain just the chain adds the flavor, man? Come on, you got chains on the nets, man. That's nothing like that splashing through the chain. I mean, that is the bomb. It is, but when you go for a dunk, I mean, it hurts, man. Yeah. If you catch that chain in the wrong part, you're ripping your finger. I wouldn't know. I've never got a chance to dunk. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you never lowered the court? I, I mean, 
I I used to lower the court to five feet, and I felt like geez, I'm Michael Jordan. <laughs> You're over there on the court, court hooping it up with uh with the little kids, you know, in the elementary school, Rudy. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> yeah, dunking on them left and right, man. <laughs> I felt powerful back then. No mercy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah, dude i could see you doing sure, that man. that would be hilarious man but i would always ask him hey you know have y'all seen that poster oh which one this one is just dunk on them get a picture of it. <laughs> yeah i was gonna go ahead and transition here too now so we're gonna talk about a big topic of discussion here that's been circulating all over social media and, and, and it's been circulating since right at the end of the NBA basketball season, it seems like. All summer, this has been spun. It's clickbait, you know, at its finest. The Ben Simmons to the San Antonio Spurs rumor that will absolutely not die. As we saw earlier this week, it was reported that Ben Simmons oh, had said that he will not report to training camp next week. And, and I quote, it's in quotes right now, he intends to never play Another game for the 76ers, sources told Warjan, uh, Adrian Warjanowski of ESPN. And, and the thing was, I actually saw uh, Doc Rivers, of all people, being interviewed by everybody's favorite here, screaming Stephen A. Smith. And, and, you know, Doc all but confirmed the rumor to be true. You know, Ben went and asked to, you know, be traded, you know, that his time in Philadelphia has come to an end. He wishes to, you know, play with another team. So... It goes to show you, you know, that, you know, by maybe the, the coach and all the teammates kind of throwing him under the bus, you know, right after that humiliating loss, it really stung, you know, and it really sent a message to this kid that maybe he just wasn't welcome, you know, and it's and it started this rumor now where the Spurs by the Vegas odd makers say now that the Spurs have the fourth best odds of landing one Ben Simmons. And I know you have a lot of Spurs fans that say they would love to have him on the team. And let's be honest right now. We do not have a bona fide superstar on this squad. And that's one thing that we're sorely missing right now. We do not have a star. We have a lot of pieces, a lot of young pieces at that. And young pieces means inexperience. So let's go ahead and kind of go around here and say, are you buying or selling the rumor of Ben Simmons actually coming maybe to the San Antonio Spurs. We'll start with you, Wesley. What do you think? You buying or selling? Oh, I'm going to give a hot take right now. Um, I'm selling. Uh, I don't I don't at all want to see Ben Simmons in a Spurs uniform um, for a lot of reasons. But the biggest and most important one is how – I understand what you're saying, Joe. I, but how are you – how are you going to – have a franchise player who shoots 31% from the free throw line, who's afraid to take a layup or a dunk at the end of a game, who is scared, has no offensive skill set. You know, everybody, hey, hey, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons. Yeah, he's an all-star. Da, 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 da. There's no doubt he's an elite defender. He is absolutely an elite defender. But, I, you know, I'm going to tell you this. Yes, we do have young pieces. And, yes, I'm not ready to crown DeJounte or, you know, Lonnie or Derek or anybody right now. Have we yet to see what these youngsters can accomplish in a fourth quarter or a third quarter when they're relied upon? We're going to find out soon enough. 
But, you know, this team has been flawed from, from day one, having veterans that were relied upon to play ISO ball at the end of games. I don't know how you would get and, and trade away a, a lot of pieces, because let's be honest, it would be a lot that would have to be given up to get Ben Simmons. And to be honest with you, how is that going to make this team any better? Okay, from a deep defensive perspective, I could see it. But offensively, this guy is more challenged than anybody else that the Spurs would have ever taken on and even with Chip England and his and his amazing skill set to try to help players with their shot, I, I, no, I, I didn't. No, I mean I, I understand. There's there's the how many times do you get a chance to get a guy who has this kind of stature coming in, but if this guy was such a hot commodity, why is he still a sixer? Is it because they're asking too much? Probably, but I'm looking at this from a standpoint of. I'm not ready to give up on these youngsters. Do I think they're all the answers? No. I think there does need to be more, but Ben Simmons ain't it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go to you, um, Stephen. What, what do you think? Are you buying or selling You know, Ben Simmons coming to the San Antonio Spurs? Well, I'm not buying it, and if I did buy it, I would sell it right back because <laughs> this thing is not – it, it doesn't make – I agree with Wesley. It doesn't make sense to me because the Spurs have – no elite superstars you mentioned, Joe, but the Spurs could have re-signed DeMar DeRozan this offseason. They chose not to do that. They did a sign and trade with Chicago instead. The Spurs know they're going through this true rebuild, as Jeff uh, mentioned to me before um, we before he left. You know, we're going through this rebuild, and this is the time to develop the young players in, for the future. Um, and adding Ben Simmons to that, yes, he's young. But I don't know what he really would contribute, to be honest with you, because I, I and I know I'm probably going to get hate from people who hear this, but that's fine. I'm used to it. Um, I think that Ben Simmons is sorely overrated. He is very overrated as a player. I don't. And, and case in point, he's still in Philadelphia right now. He's not playing, as you said. He's not, he has no intention to play another game in Philadelphia. But I think he's overrated because no one's really calling and knocking down their door for this guy. No one's really – yes, I know uh, odds makers have the Spurs listed for and all that stuff. But as far as we know, there's not really talks going on to acquire him. Even the Golden State Warriors, um, their owner said this week, you know, Ben Simmons does not fit what we want to do as a team. And I'm pretty sure that is for a lot of contenders right now or teams that are rebuilding, such as the Golden State – just like the Spurs, you know, all these teams that are going through this process, that's a lot of teams that will probably say the same thing, that he doesn't fit what they're doing. So I think it's more of a problem that Ben Simmons has to do as a player to kind of reevaluate his game and how he wants a player that he wants to be. Because I'm not saying that Greg Popovich cannot turn him around because he can. Greg Popovich can turn a player around and, and make them into what they truly need to be. But Pop's not going to be around that much longer. Let's be honest. He's not a spring chicken anymore. He's getting up there in age, and he may not have that much longer with the Spurs. So would he want to waste his time tutoring a Ben Simmons? I don't think so. Okay, well, let's go ahead and go to Rudy, because Rudy is the voice of reason. But before I go to you, Rudy, wouldn't you rather build, want to build your <laughs> team around a Ben Simmons type of player versus a DeJounte Murray? And in your opinion, have you seen the ceiling already for one DeJounte Murray? And in your opinion, do you think Ben Simmons is a better version of DeJounte? 
Man, you really threw the kitchen sink at me on that one. Um, be honest, just 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 tell us how you feel. Let's, let's be let's be real. If we're talking, have both players reached the pinnacle, the ceiling, or whatever you want to call it? They reached the top of the mountain. Not quite. Both of them have not quite hit that top yet. But if we're trying to compare, uh, basically, if we're trying to compare Ben Simmons to Dejounte Murray. It's a red apple and it's a green apple. Either way you look at it, it's still an apple. I mean, one has a jumper. Donatio Murray has a developed jumper. Ben Simmons doesn't. Ben Simmons is the better overall over uh, overall player when it comes to both guys. I mean, better defender than Dejounte. I mean, that can easily be argued. Uh, point guard wise, I feel Ben is more of a point guard than Dejounte is. He's I'd, I'd have to agree he can with run you. a team a lot better than Dejounte can at this point. So if you're looking at it, it's like I said, it's a red apple and it's a green apple. It's still an apple. It's still the same player. You're going to get bits and pieces of one player that's going to be better than the other. So if you were to trade a Dejounte for a Ben Simmons, you're just trading actually the same player per se. One just has a little bit more uh, accomplishments because I think in the Eastern Conference, it's a little bit easier to get those accomplishments. There's not many people to deal with that. I mean, last year you had, you know, Brooklyn and stuff, but I think the accomplishments that Ben had early in his career were, you know, let's be real, the East Conference wasn't great at all. But let me give you some some stats here. Uh, You have a player that was the most valuable player. You have a guy who was a two-time NBA scoring champion. You know, all NBA first team, second team, third team. You know, he's got NBA all-star appearances. This is the guy that I'm describing is statistically the absolute worst shooter the NBA has seen. And that's Russell Westbrook. So to tell me that Ben Simmons, just because he can't shoot, couldn't make a team better is bull to me. I mean... I'm not advocating for Ben Simmons to come to San Antonio. I just am going to be real. I don't care if he comes to San Antonio. If he does, good. That's great. My thing is if he does come to San Antonio, I don't want to mortgage the entire farm for him. Just give him a DeJounte Murray or a Derek White. Give him the draft pick. I know you're going to throw Lonnie in there. I know you throw Lonnie in the mix. Uh, yeah, you can throw a Lonnie Walker in there. <laughs> the good thing is, is you made some okay moves in the offseason to where you can actually get rid of a a younger guy in a move like this. If Ben doesn't come, no big deal. We're still stuck in the same rut that we're going to be in for the season. If Ben does come, guess what? We're still going to be stuck in the same rut we are at the beginning of the season. This guy's not going to be hey, we're taking you to the playoffs right away. No, it's nothing like that. What it does add is it it adds a taller point guard. It adds a guy who I feel is a little more polished overall than our point, our current point guards right now. But it just adds an element that we've been missing, and that's defense. Ben Simmons is a defender. He can defend multiple positions. So... To have a guy like that who, yes, can't shoot benefits the San Antonio Spurs if he was to be traded here. You went out and got shooting in the offseason. You need a guy to get him the ball. I mean, he's not going to be looking for his shot. And and I'm not picking on Wesley at all. I tremendously, I'm not picking. I love Wesley to death. I'm not picking on him. But I hear a lot of people always say, well, 
he's scared to take a shot. That's happened one time, and that was in last the last uh, playoffs last year. He he passed up a shot. It was a knucklehead play. We've all had knucklehead plays in our careers. We've seen knucklehead plays on the biggest stages of every single major sports out there. It's a play. It happens. I think that if he was to come to San Antonio, it's not going to do any damage. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be bad. We're just going to be the same way. But again, I mean, right now we're just boring. If he was to come, that would add a little bit of excitement, which is something that, you know, if you're going to go in the ne- on a new path, you want to be excited for. So whether he comes or not, to me, I've been the same way from day one. I don't care if he comes. If he comes, great. If he doesn't, great. It's still the Spurs. We're still going to have the same team regardless, no matter what. Hey, Rudy, real quick. I, I, I think you have a lot of great points about that, and I can concede a whole bunch of things about, you know, his point guard abilities and whatnot. My concern is this. Okay, so I, I know we say his, his shooting isn't elite, and I know it would get better. We all know it would because the Spurs have some of the greatest coaches that there is. But when a guy shoots 31% from the free throw line, in the playoffs. And, and granted, I know he, that's going to improve too, but that's a liability. When you're at, at the end of ball games, you might be the greatest point guard in the world, but when you get to the end of a ball game and they're hacking you before that two minute threshold, I mean, you can't keep your point guard on the floor. So I, I think that's where I'm looking at it as I, I, I agree with you. You know, there, what, what he could do in defending all those positions is outrageous. And you don't just get that anywhere. That That's absolutely true. But I just think that the offensive li- liabilities there for a young team, especially like this one, if this were a veteran team or a team that had a, a better veteran ceiling, then I think it may be a better fit. But, you know, when you're talking about a guy coming in with his inabilities right now, I don't I don't know, man. I, I just I, I'm not really thinking that that's the best thing for them. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and ask you a question. I mean, I'm going to ask Wesley a question real quick. Let me ask Wes. Not Wes, but Steven. Yeah, let me ask Stephen a question real quick. Stephen, in your opinion, do you think that this Spurs squad currently as constructed with or without, you know, Ben Simmons being in, you know, on the team or not, aren't they still going to be at an an offensive disadvantage somewhat? You know, I mean, they they do got some three-point shooters, but let's be perfectly honest. We don't know what these guys are capable of yet. We know what Bryn Forbes is capable of. But as far as the new players that they added, they look good on paper. But how are they going to perform in the context of an actual season? We don't know yet. So there's a lot of uncertainty coming into this season. While I don't think Ben Simmons will drastically change anything for the San Antonio Spurs, I think he's more attractive as far as building around him and attracting higher level talent. I think right now with DeJounte, it's not going to really attract a high level of talent uh, that we want to actually make, you know, a big push into the playoffs. So, I mean, what's your take? Do you think we, if the Spurs get Ben, is he more attractive, as I stated? Or do you just go ahead and kind of, you know, stand pat and just develop what you got and go through some losing seasons and hopefully you make it back to the promised land? Well, I mean, first of all, you don't think no one's going to come and see like Thaddeus Young? No one's going to come get tickets to see him? No, I'm kidding. No, but for real, <laughs> like, like uh, seriously, though, for real, like right now you have a team, as you said, Joe, we don't know what this team is capable of because, you know, we they not been on the floor together that often. I mean, as you said, we had DeMar DeRozan playing ISO ball 
uh, for well, past couple of seasons. Before that, it was the LaMarcus Aldridge era before Kawhi Leonard left and then Kawhi decided to leave. And then all these moving parts, you never really got to see these players do what they were sent here to do. And this season, we're, this upcoming season, we're going to see that. You're right. They have no real identity right now because as you said we, none of us all four of us have no idea what this team is capable of we know there's probably going to be a lot of losses a lot of losses this year but that's to be expected with the team that is growing if the spurs had an intention of building around a player and kind of just you know we're gonna not necessarily go all in and try to get a championship but we're gonna try to build for the playoffs I don't know if Ben Simmons is that player, but unfortunately, that is what we have to work with right now. And I'm thinking, to answer your question, I'm thinking yes and no. Yes, because it is more attractive to get those free agents to San Antonio. That is the truth. Yes. Win-wise and future of the Spurs-wise, do the Spurs and... By Spurs, I mean, you know, Brian Wright, R.C. Buford, you know, the guys that actually control the money on this team and the contracts. Do they view Ben Simmons as a player from what he has done in Philadelphia? Do they view him and what he is worth? Do they think he is capable of, of being built around? And all the scrutiny guys that he is getting in, for, in Philadelphia. And yes, uh, Rudy, you are right that yes, People pass up shots. We all saw Ben Simmons pass up that shot in Philadelphia during the playoffs. We all saw that. It happens. But is he the type of player you want to build around? I don't know. And I'm thinking if you didn't build around him in Philadelphia, when you had Joel Embiid, whenever you had a good core in Philadelphia and he was supposed to be one of the main guys, can he really be a player that, that you build around? Because he's starting to have a reputation now of this player that I'm going to do what I want to do. And we all know Pop does not go for those type of players. So that's where I'm questioning it, guys. But isn't Pop the guy that's kind of pushing the Ben Simmons train a little bit towards San Antonio? I mean, what makes you say that? Uh, Well, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I got the thing going on here. Basically, I mean, the, it kind of all started when Pop when he did that interview, you know, yeah. Yeah. and he talked about uh, Ben Simmons. Basically, said it would enhance his game. You know, obviously, right. uh, can't be argued. Basically, about his shooting. I mean, yeah, he, he can, said, "Who he cares if he can't shoot?" Shot. Yeah, that throws everything into a frenzy when Pop right. is talking about a player like a Ben Simmons. So, I'm not saying Pop is necessarily advocating for Ben Simmons to come to San Antonio, but when. I, I, I mean, I really don't really know much on Pop because I haven't covered him a whole lot. I kind of just see his comments here and there. Yeah. But outside of, you know, after well, the- playing a game and after, you know, uh, seeing, you know, if Kyrie Irving lit him up or 55 or whatever, that's when you hear his <laughs> takes. Yeah. But there was nothing about Ben around that time to where someone asked him and Pop gave his opinion on it. I mean, normally Pop's the guy. It's like, you know. We just got done with a no, you know, why the hell am I talking about Ben Simmons for? Well, or, the, you know, the only reason that. I bring that up, Rudy, is because if you guys remember, whenever ben, excuse, whenever uh, Dewan Blair was in San Antonio. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. Whenever Dewan <laughs> Blair was in San Antonio. His knees are still in Pittsburgh, though. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was a good one. Okay, that was a good one. But for real, whenever Dewan was in San Antonio, he had that attitude problem. 
he had an attitude problem. Whenever Nando DiColo, who I know Paul Garcia loved Nando DiColo, but when Nando mm-hmm. was in San Antonio, he had that attitude of, no, why should I go to the D-League? You know, I'm, I'm too good for the D-League. When you had guys like DeJounte Murray, Bryn Forbes, uh, Devin Vassell, who who has all have recent years have gone to the D League, been successful, and have moved up to the to the Spurs, you know, the, you you've seen guys in the past with attitude problems. Um, not to not to plunge a hole in this, but obviously Kawhi Leonard and the whole scandal that went on with that. I mean, there was a bunch of stuff that we've seen that Pop does not handle players who have an ego, who have who have attitude issues like that. Not saying that Ben Simmons has that, but just going off of what we're seeing in the reports right now from Philadelphia. But you know, would Pop in his in his later years of coaching, who knows? He may have another two years, three years. Or maybe this is his last season. We don't know how long he has left. You know, would he Are we want certain to? Pop's going to be there Monday. <laughs> He's going to be there Monday. <laughs> Don't you start I mean, that. I, I, I haven't yet to hear anything. I all. think if Rudy, I mean, come on. If if Pop, it would be like Pop though to say nothing, just show up on training camp and Becky's there. It would, it would, that would be like yeah. so Spurs. No, but for real, like you know, we don't know how long Pop has left. But I mean, the thing is, I'm just curious to know, like, would Pop go all in on a player? Like Ben Simmons, who seems again seems to have an ego issue, but is he worth it? And also, I think Wesley or Joe, one of you guys mentioned, maybe it was Rudy. I don't know. One of you guys mentioned Philadelphia's going to want something in return for him. So mm-hmm. who do you give up? Since as you guys all have said, the Spurs have no real superstars. So who do you give up for Ben Simmons? I mean, would Pop part with a Dejounte Murray, with a Derek White, with a Keldon Johnson? I can't see him departing with Keldon Johnson at all, especially after the past few years. No, Dejounte maybe, Lonnie maybe, but who do you realistically think Philadelphia would take for Ben Simmons? Well, let me ask you this because I, I've been really critical of Dejounte, and I've actually been critical about a lot of the Spurs. With the exception of Keldon, because he's just starting to come into his own. Right. But can these guys really sit there and look at DeJounte and say, we still have a lot to work with this guy on? There hasn't been improvement since his early years. I mean, well, remember, the, there was a year he was hurt. For, he was hurt. Out. Yeah, we'll give him that. We'll give him the year that he was hurt. But yeah. this is that year where I feel like if you're the Spurs organization, it's like, you know what? This is your year, DeJounte. You have to lead. We don't have a DeMar here. We don't have a Rudy Gay or a Patty Mills. Right. This is your team. So you lead. If he can't lead this team, and I've already said it, there is no leader on this squad. I don't care what anybody says. There is no leader. <laughs> so if he can't take that step up, then why are we going to continue to say, well, He's our best player, or he's going to be the leader. He has to be the. I've been saying that shit for years already. You right. took over the reins of point guard. The point guard is the leader of every team in the basketball, no matter NBA, whatever. That point guard is the facilitator. That point guard is the voice of reason, mm-hmm. the voice of fear, everything on the court. If he can't do that and he hasn't been able to do that, I have no confidence in him going in this year, but I give him this year less. You know what? There's no more vets. This is your team. You are the vet. If you can't do it this year, well, it's vamanos. Bye. We don't need him anymore. 
And I, I, I hate to say that because I love DeJounte Murray. I really love the guy. I love him as a player. I love him as a character. I love him and everything. But people have to understand business is business. If we're not making money, I'm going to have to find people that are going to help me make money. Right. I can't just well, be in the, you know. The honestly, Rudy, have time. the Spurs been making money the last couple of seasons since they've been losing? Probably not. Have you seen Probably attendance not. lately? It's not what it once it's, was. It, it looks like a rampage game, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're being honest. We're them, being man. honest, you know? And and I get well, what Rudy's saying, yeah. I mean, you know? We love our Spurs. We're, we're not, I'm not bashing the Spurs organization. I'm not bashing anybody. I, I If we have the same team right now going into the season, I'm fine with it. I support them. I wish them the best. I hope that they prove us wrong and win 50 games. I don't, that's me. But on the realistic side, if, if it doesn't work for five years, what the hell makes you think you're going to work for another five years? You've got to make changes. You, you've got to make a change. That's my frustration with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's a rut. Let's be honest. Your, flus- no, your frustration with the Falcons no. is Matt Ryan. Let's be honest, Rudy. Matt, well, again, you, Matt Ryan cannot get it done. And – you know, it's like you've got to you've got to make a move. You, you've got to make a move. You had so many options to draft a QB this year, and you did it. I I love Kyle Pitts. Matt Ryan's ready for the glue factory, Rudy. If we don't Rattler at the end of this year, then I'm be pretty upset. Yeah, Matt well, guys, Ryan's can I ready. interject this about the Spurs real quick? I, I I think Rudy, what you're saying is 100 percent accurate. Listen, I not only is it, and I've been very critical of Dejounte. I, I thought he did improve this past year. I'll be honest, I thought he did, but but part of that was just because. I was giving him a little bit of leeway coming in to, from that injury, um, and I thought he—I thought he showed some things. I thought he started to show a, a three-point jumper, which still isn't one hundred percent accurate yet. But it, I thought he has a pretty good form with it. Um, I will say this: I think what you're saying is accurate to a lot of the Spurs players. It, this is this is it for not only for Dejounte but also for Lonnie. You know, also for Derek. I mean, Derek for all yeah. the talent that he possesses. If he can't stay on the floor. If he can't be somebody that can be depended upon, you know, I, and I know the freak injuries and all, but you're talking about three guys right there that, quite frankly, I think most Spurs fans, if you asked them, honestly, would tell you they haven't given what we thought they might. And to be honest, I'm the realist in this situation and say, what did we expect? They were taken 28th and 29th, respectively. I think the Spurs are smart enough to realize now in this part of this rebuild, albeit they did this too late. Let's just be honest. They should have let this happen earlier. They should have not tried to, to put a Band-Aid on the pig, so to speak, and they should have just let this happen so that they didn't have to go through this because now I think they realize the only way they're going to build this franchise back up is they've got to do it through the draft, and they're not going to do that until they get a high draft pick. Let's be real. They're not. And this is where they're at right now. They've got some nice pieces that were picked in the late round, in the first round. But are they going to be all-stars? I don't think so. Are they still going to be contributors? I don't think you can keep holding on to them if they're not going to give you what the franchise needs. Yeah, some players I think that are going to be under the gun this year are going to be one, definitely, in my eyes, Lonnie Walker. Two, everybody's going to be looking at Lucas Simonic and seeing what he can do. I mean, yes, the kid's gotten a pass the last two seasons, but let's be honest, you know, he's no no longer going to be looked at as a rookie. You got to produce at some point in time. Same thing with Lonnie. We need to see a little bit more consistency out of him. And in the absence of 
any veterans on this team as far as like Rudy Gay or DeJounte, you know, or Patty Mills. We're going to actually see what we got, you know, and I, I honestly believe that if this team is not where the Spurs want them to be, let's say by the All-Star break, maybe they start, you know, thinking about making some changes. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Rudy? If the team is already losing and you're on your way, you know, to getting a high draft pick, pick, what do you think the front office is going to start doing? Do you think they're going to start thinking, okay, could we possibly move up in the draft and maybe get the number one overall pick or go into a top three, top four? If the team is, let's say, not even winning 20 games at that point, what do you think the consensus is? My question would be, is it too late? I mean, you've got you've got young players already that can make a difference. Now, I guess not too too late. Not too late is if it's too late is not the question per se. But I mean, you're going to have teams that are going to be looking for that last piece when it comes to their championship run. So you know, Dejounte, Derek, uh, somebody like that. You know, uh, Alani possibly could be a guy that you might see moved to one of those title contending teams to help them get them over the hump. But if you don't make moves, all you're doing is watering down the player. And I mean, you're going to try to trade a, let's say DeJounte, because I hate picking on DeJounte. Let's say Derek White. Let's say you want to trade Derek White. Well, his value was very high a few years back. But if he continues to get hurt, if he's continued to not play great, the value just went down. And you're going to have to settle for whatever you get in return if you want to move him. I think if the trade deadline comes and they're sitting, you know, bottom feeders of the league, you might see them move a piece or two, I think. But it probably wouldn't be for draft picks, considering that the only teams that are going to want these guys are contenders. So you're going to probably get a pick in, you know, the late 20s, maybe mid 20s. So, again, it goes back to is it worth it? Probably not. I mean, if you're going to trade DeJounte or Derek or somebody like that for the 28th pick, it it ends up being the 28th pick. I mean, just you may as well just keep them. I mean, there's there's no guy coming in 2022 that is going to be a must draft uh, outside of, you know, the first maybe three guys already. So um, unless you're going to get a trade to one of these teams that, you know, like an Oklahoma City maybe that has multiple draft picks. Oh, they got tons of then them. Then it makes sense to do it, but not not if you're going to get a low-end first-round pick for some of these guys. Now, I mean, if you got a team that says, hey, we'll take Lonnie Walker, we'll give you our pick, and it turns out to be the 26th, 25th pick, I mean, yeah, you kind of want to do that. I mean, you're going to get a player similar to Lonnie around there anyway, but honestly, Joe, at the trade deadline – I think they're just going to stand put unless they get a a massive deal or you get a massive headache by players not wanting to be there. I mean, but that's, at, but that's at what point? What? At, but at what point? As a Spurs fan, and Spurs fans are already starting to get antsy. Do you actually have to go ahead and start calling out the front office? Well, look what happened in this they've, year's they've draft. Calling out the front office, you know, and and that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. look at what happened in this year's draft, for example, Houston goes and makes tons of moves. Their front office was very aggressive. And in my opinion, they're one of the teams that actually won the draft. I mean, they got everything that they wanted. You know, they gave up Mm -hmm. some stuff, certainly. 
But in the end, they got what they wanted. You know, they got the players that they wanted that they think are going to give their team the best chances of winning. The San Antonio Spurs, what did they go and do? They go and draft Josh Primo. Now, I'm not saying that the kid is, you know, bad by any means. I, I don't even know what he's capable of yet. He's one of the youngest. He was the youngest player in the draft. But at this, at, at some point, the Spurs front office has to make a move, is what I'm saying. And they could have made some moves. You know, they could have dr- gone down, you know, in the draft and, and made some, some, some savvy moves. The Knicks were willing to trade their pick. You know, they could have gotten two picks. But they stand, they, they went ahead and stand pat and they get Wieskamp and they get Primo. At the end of the day, how is that really helping the team? You know, I mean, you're looking at things for the long haul. I get that. But nowadays, in today's NBA, it's a win now mentality. Fans are getting antsy. And the scary part is, if you're not filling the, the, the AT&T Center and fans aren't coming out to watch the games as they once did, buying the merchandise that they once did, at some point in time, do the Spurs start saying, we're not making money here? Should we start looking elsewhere now? I'm not trying to stir the pot and say that it can be a possibility. <laughs> no, yeah. But, I mean, at some point in time, it has to bother you, you know? If Let me... uh. Let me just interject for one second here. If, if I'm not crapping on my city, I love San Antonio. But if you actually got up on the Tower of the Americas and you looked over the entire city of San Antonio, the Spurs organization is like our city. We don't like change. We are never like change. There's a reason why we don't, you know, we don't, you know, basically just revamp downtown or blow up we don't the like Alamo change, Dome, man. I mean, yeah, you got the Amazon. Yeah, another thing. But we are a city of consistency. We are a city that is content and happy the way things are. And how do we expect our basketball team to be any different if that's the way our city is? I mean, we don't we we don't make splashes. We don't you know, we cry to have, you know, we cry for an NFL team or an MLB team. And. We cry and cry and cry to get one, but our city leaders, you know, sit on their thumbs and say, well, yeah, we can do that, but we, you know, we would need the stadium. You know, if you were to see the city rally behind a lot of stuff and say, you know what, we're getting an MLB team. We're, we're going to put our name everywhere to get something. Oh, you need a new, you need a new stadium. We got it. We'll figure out something to do it. You know, that lights fire under people, you know, that that might show like, oh, OK, you know what? We're bringing, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars to San Antonio. So Spurs, you're on the clock. What are you going to do? Because you're not the team in town anymore. You're not the only ones. So what are you going to do to make a splash? There's no fire here, man. And if there's no fire here then why the hell do we expect our, our organization, the Century Spurs, to have fire? Yeah, what were you going to say, Stephen? No, I, just, I actually agree with Rudy on that because – but, Joe, going back to what you said about making money and and kind of, uh, I guess, intertwining that with what Rudy just said, I mean, the thing is this. Rudy, you're right. The Spurs are the only game in town, and that is exactly why I think, uh, Joe, the Spurs are not really going to care too much, at least not right now about, I guess, losing money or whatever, because they know, event, I mean, unless you want to go to a missions game 
or an SAFC game, there's not much in San Antonio sports-wise to watch. The Spurs are that team to watch in town, whether they have a 50-1 record or, or a win, one win and, and 48 losses record. They are the team to watch in San Antonio because they're the only team, as you said, Rudy. But, I mean, the thing is this, guys. I mean, the Spurs have had some issues, let's to put it mildly, um, over the past couple of years when it comes to you know the team on the court. We've heard rumors of, oh, the Spurs are going to be moving their team, you know, because of this, this and that. And obviously the Spurs are building a new practice facility. So that that theory has gone out the window. But one thing I will say as someone who has covered, you know, WNBA when they were here, the Rampage when they were here, um, those type of games when the team sucks – is just for entertainment. Like, let's we we're born on a Friday night. Let's go to this game. We can just chill, relax, and have some fun. We don't care if the team win or loses. And that's the attitude a lot of the fans have when they would come to the games. The Spurs are not that team because, as Rudy, you said, and Joe and, and Wes, all the three of you have said, the Spurs fans are very don't like change one, but they're also very uh, hard on the Spurs for anything. And I'm not saying that the Spurs are going to be, you know, the worst team in the NBA next year because, I mean, frankly, I don't know. Maybe they will be. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But they're not going to be a playoff team. I think that's pretty obvious. But it's how they build from this in the next few years is what's going to be key because if the Spurs are going to be that team, but, oh, let's go watch on a Saturday night. Who cares if they win or lose? Then over time, that's where you start to lose interest of the fans. And I don't think R.C. Buford or – or Pop or Becky, whoever the coach will be in the future, uh, will want that for the Spurs. So it's just a matter of will this team, I guess, light a fire under their butt, so to speak, and kind of get with the times and, and and move this rebuild into a little bit of a faster pace because once they're not that shiny new object in town anymore, um, that interest is hard to get back. So I'm just interested to see how things will go this season for the Spurs especially if things go how I think they're going to go and they lose a lot of games and attendance goes down. I'm curious to see how things will be for them. Yeah. Hey, let me piggyback off of that, Stephen and Joe yeah. and, and Rudy. Uh, I, okay. So I think there's a, I think there's a cataclysm of events that have kind of led to this, right? But part of this is it, it goes back to the same thing. We've witnessed a franchise, the most successful sports franchise in modern times for so long that when there's two losing seasons that happen in a row, it's panic city for fans. And I understand it. I do. I understand it because we, as people that, that know this game and love this game and, 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 and see what fans are saying right now, we also understand that there's not the patience involved in this city because we have been very spoiled to see the successes of this franchise, you know, for two decades, three decades for as long as we can remember without having two losing seasons in a row, the longest span, right. For any team until just recently. Uh, But the problem is, and and I'll be honest with you, I think that there's too much resting on the laurels from the Spurs part. I I think there's too much um, kind of reliance on, well, you know, we'll make it work because we've always been able to take, you know, diamonds in the rough and make them into something else. Yes. But you also had, you know, three incredibly, you know, I mean, Hall of Fame caliber players. And then before that, a staple franchise player in David Robinson. And before that, George Kerubin. So 
the question really becomes for the San Antonio Spurs, and you're all right. All of you are, are so correct about this, is we knew that somewhere down the line, this was inevitable. You saw it with the Boston Celtics. You saw it with the Los Angeles Lakers in, in multiple times. You know, after every era, you saw the Lakers go through change. Uh, you know, the Celtics held on to their big three too long. They, they suffered the consequences for that. It took them a long time to get right. I don't know that it's going to take San Antonio that long, but I'm, I'm going to be honest, guys. I really feel like this is not going to be a two or three or even a four-year project. To me, I think you're looking at probably a five to six-year uh, time frame because, again, what's going to happen when management changes over? I don't know that the GM position will change. I don't know that that's going to happen. But when Popovich leaves, that's one of the best basketball coaches in all of the world for his time for he's one of the goats so when he's gone i'm not saying bad against anybody who's going to take over but that's a whole nother change that has to occur within this franchise and within the face of this franchise so my, i i don't know i i think that part of it i, I think y'all are right the city is the way that it is steven i agree with your points as well i also think that to be honest with you they Nobody knew how to how this was going to occur. And, and the, the wrinkle in the system, and I, nobody wants to talk about it, is when Kawhi did what he did, it threw every plan out the window for what this franchise was looking towards. So you're blaming the, the, the fake number two, as, as Rudy so likely uh, named uh, Kawhi Leonard. That was his acronym, you his bet. nickname. I'm, I'm blaming two. the deuce. I call him the deuce because he took a deuce <laughs> on us. <laughs> it's all his fault. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we spent quite a bit of time talking about the San Antonio Spurs. And we're going to kind of do things a little different here on this show now. We're going to talk about everything going on in the world of sports. So we're going to kind of transition now, you know, have a little segue here from moving, talking about San Antonio Spurs basketball and the state of things currently, which is not very good. So we're going to talk about something that's more uplifting. And this is right along the lines of what Rudy likes to talk about. The comeback. The greatest spectacle in all of <laughs> sports is the comeback. And Rudy, you actually watched one of the greatest comebacks in high school football history. And it happened against Hamilton and Bishop Gorman. Rudy, why don't you let us know what happened in this game with one minute and 10 seconds left on the clock because you watched it live i i watched it live and you gotta forgive me because i'm i forgot the two teams i know bishop gorman was one of them the other one was hamilton Hamilton. um gorman i mean gorman is the better team and it was what 20 it was what 24 7 gorman right was that the 104 mark yeah hamilton yeah hamilton yeah. was down they were they yeah, were 24 7 gorman Going into the fourth of the minute four, I mean, you talk a, a quick touchdown pass, a, a quick touchdown. Uh, the onside kick. What, what's amazing is the onside kick that Hamilton got a both times actually was the same style, and it made me wonder how in the hell does the NFL not do that? It was so smart because when you see onside kicks on the NFL, it's always you know uh, sideline to sideline. But this was remarkable, man. You get like basically the onside kick is just straightforward and your guys are huddling around the ball, almost similar to what we saw with the uh, the choke Falcons and the Cowboys last year when, <laughs> you know, they 
Falcons didn't know what the hell to do on a uh, on an onside <laughs> kick. Um, but yeah, I mean, can you say that that was the actual greatest comeback for me? Golly, man. I, I know Plano East and John Tyler are back in 94 yep. is considered the greatest comeback in high school football history. But at a minute and four, 24 <laughs> seven, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Bishop Gorman and Hamilton as the greatest comeback. It was an amazing sight. If you haven't seen it, go to YouTube, watch it. It's amazing, man. I I know Wesley's probably going to give me some crap for the Plano East and John. Hey, I'm showing you all the highlights right now. What Um, happened at the end of the game so everybody can see it because I'm sharing the screen. But let me tell you why I think this is the better game, okay, than the Plano game. Because look at the headline, and I'm going to show you guys this. The greatest high school comeback took place with a puke-soaked football. And, yes, I'm going to go ahead and play this for you guys. So – Without further ado, here you go, and all its glory, so you can go ahead and see this for yourselves. That is the quarterback throwing up on the ball as he throws the game-winning touchdown. And I think the phrase, doing whatever it takes to win, is perfect here. I mean, the the quarterback threw up on the ball as he's throwing the game-winning touchdown. I mean, wow. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that we don't have a group of people pissed off because they're saying, you know, what if he had COVID? Hey, uh, that's one of the things that I thought about as well. But I mean, (laughs) you have the video there as you guys just saw. Sorry, Steven. I know you're a little sensitive to this stuff. It's kind of gross. But the guy did catch the ball, you know, and they did win the game. He's playing his guts out. That's all I got to say to that. <laughs> he certainly that's is. A, a he certainly is. Uh, Steven, what did you think about the, the video that I just showed you? I mean, thank God I ate already. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad, man. <laughs> oh, man. I knew, I knew Steven was going to like this. But, I mean, it, it is kind of gross. But, I mean, this is why I think this one goes down as probably the best comeback in high school sports football history i mean the plano game didn't have the quarterback throwing up on the football and then throwing it for the game-winning touchdown right wesley no but I, okay uh, <laughs> here we go <laughs> yeah all right so it's it's my era guys i mean come on 94 i'm a high school senior you know i mean plano east and john tyler is the greatest football game not just the greatest comeback but the greatest football game ever played first of all it was played in the original texas stadium so first of all that's there you don't beat that okay second of all it was 41 to 17 john tyler with about three minutes and 10 seconds left in the game and plano east kept getting onside kick after onside kick score after score after score they cut it to four they scored one more time, and they had it with about four to five seconds left on the clock. All they had to do was to kick it deep and tackle the guy, game over. Well, the, the, the side story to this is that the guy that got the kickoff for John Tyler and ran it back 97 yards, and I say that again, 97 yards for the touchdown with the game expiring is also the guy that muffed a bunch of the onside kicks for John Tyler. So it's also redemption. 
because he took it 97 yards. And what made that the, the best comeback game of all time was because if you listen to the radio broadcast that was being broadcast from Plano East and, and their broadcasters, it was the most hilarious stuff. It was just like what you would expect, what most people would think is the quintessential East Texan, you know, got that draw. Oh my gosh. Good golly, Miss Molly. I mean, it was just all of that and more. And so as the, the John Tyler uh, player is running back that kickoff for a touchdown, these guys are literally going, Oh no, I'm going to be sick. Isn't that the no, no. Yes. Oh my gosh. Just that alone. Even even just watching the highlights, which is great, but listening to it with the radio broadcast going on is like, okay, no offense to this game. This was awesome. I'm not going to lie to you. This was something that was amazing. And Joe, I had no idea that he puked <laughs> on the ball. That's oh, insane. But I don't know, guys. I, I, I still have to give it up to, to Plano East and John Tyler. Yeah, it was a, it was a good uh, broadcast because I went back and listened to it as – you had shared the link with us, and it was really good. Entertaining, to say the least. But it did not have a puke-soaked football for the win. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I don't know if you could beat that. I mean, that, that is really hard to come back on. I, I Yeah, I don't know. That, that'd be like Rudy, you know, catching the game-winning ball with puke all over it. I mean, I'm sure he would have thrown up, too, as he caught the ball in the end zone. Right, Rudy? Hundred um, percent, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go throw up after we log off here. Hey, and, and can you, you have to give props though to the wide receiver too because he's catching a wet football and he didn't know why it's wet. And then he was wearing gloves it. though. He was running with it, going, "What the heck is this?" He was wearing you know? gloves though, uh, Wesley. To his credit, true. But doesn't adrenaline kick in there? I mean, you know, it, okay, it's wet. So your your first thing is like, I caught the ball. I'm spiking it. Puke going everywhere. Doesn't matter. And then he realizes, like, what the hell is that? I mean, to me, it's just got to be like an adrenaline rush, you know, catching the winning football. And then all of a sudden coming down from your high and thinking, what the hell did he have to eat today? I mean, that's... (laughs) That's got to be bad, right? (laughs) You had a cheeseburger and fries, huh? (laughs) Extra onions. Let's hope (laughs) that it was, you know... Nothing but Gatorade or water, but uh, I don't know, man. That color was nasty, though. But <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and move on from that talk, and we're gonna go ahead and talk about something else that I thought was a hilarious current event article that I just got to talk about because it's just so out there. And this is going back to the shortage of bus drivers. That's a nationwide shortage, oh you know, because of, you know, the, the workforce is just starting to come back online and, you know, be small businesses across the, the nation are, are having trouble trying to get employees. And so is the school district. They're having a hard time trying to get bus drivers to ride the buses and take the kids to field trips. Now, we're not talking about elementary kids here. We're talking about a bus of 11th graders going on a scavenger hunt because the school thought it would be cool to take the kids on a little field trip, given the pandemic and whatnot, trying to, you know, uh, make things a little bit more fun for them. So the bus driver shortage, and this is the headline of this particular article, the bus driver shortage led to a group of 11th graders to ride a party bus. Yes, with a stripper pole and LED lights. But mind you, these are 11th graders, Rudy. When you were in 11th grade, come on now. You all seen, Why'd you mention me first? I'm just saying, <laughs> you all have seen some things. I know Rudy had. Uh, I don't know, uh, S- Stephen and Wesley, I'm pretty sure 
everyone had seen and done some things in the 11th grade. So seeing a stripper pole shouldn't really offend people so much. But I mean, it's funny, kind of not funny. I know it's a school. The stripper pole might have not been appropriate. But at this point in time, if you're a kid, you're going on a field trip. Do you even really care about the stripper pole? You know, probably not. You're just glad you're not in school. Am I right, Wesley? You know, I'm going to be very PC about this being a teacher myself. Uh, I think it's just one of those things like kind of like what Rudy said earlier in the night when you talked about, you know, Ben Simmons making a mistake and it's a one-time mistake. I think that's kind of the way it is. You know, you just, you know, I, I think being what it is, the world is what it is. Things are, shortages are what they are. And um, I just feel like, you could look at it like that, but you could also just say, yeah, maybe it wasn't that type of a pole. Maybe they were just using it to hold on to so they didn't fall down <laughs> on the bus. So, hey, there you go. They might want to clean it before you touch it. But here's the, the <laughs> thing from the article. It says, the I guess the school district, they were saying, we were booked one day before the high school, you know? And they were saying, the owner of the deluxe limousine said, I suppose they couldn't find anything else available Maybe that's why the party bus company was the last chance uh, to move these kids, you know, because they were saying that the high school uh, actually informed them and let them know that there were no buses available, that they were completely booked. So they had to go ahead and find other means of transportation. And that would mean going with the party bus. But in hindsight, I mean, it is what it is. Is it going to happen again? Probably I mean, you got to get what you can get on short notice, you know? I mean, what are they going to do? Have parents come out and just put kids in their cars? That's kind of a liability. Who's going to pay the insurance on all that kind of stuff, you know? They so did that to us. That was back then, you know, we, we were a different breed, Rudy, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Things have changed now, you know? Now that you have to worry about insurance, you know, insuring all the kids, you know, making sure they're going to get there safe and whatnot. So I can see why they go ahead and and charter these these party buses but in hindsight i mean i think if they would have seen the bus beforehand they probably would have asked for something different you know but why not get a city bus i mean again availability I mean, I kid we would get via buses all the time i don't know what's going on over here you know just so probably to availability. Me, that actually comes back on the administration for me because if you don't have school buses available I get that. But to think, well, we're just going to have to go to a company that says limousine buses is the whatever is the name of it. That should be, in my opinion, like, OK, well, it's probably a party bus. So even if there's no stripper pole, chances are you're going to have a bar set up in there. I mean, there's. Well, you can see the lovely inside like, of the bus here. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, picture. that screams nothing but. Red flag. So it's like, okay, well, let me call the city and see, hey, do y'all happen to have a bus available and a bus driver? Because I have friends that work at Via and they're sitting on their ass all day, not work, not driving at all. And they get paid for that. So I'm assuming that, you know, Massachusetts, they have people that are available to drive a bus and a bus should be available. I'm, I'm sorry, you know, Wesley, I, 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 I put this on the administration, man. I mean, you, you got to be a little bit more more advanced than this. I well, mean, it this. comes back to the wages thing, you know, and I'm sure that, you know, it, it, they, Wesley, everybody, you know, people that work or are employed by, you know, a school of some kind, they don't have the last uh, word when it comes to, you know, pay. 
You know, and let's be honest, I, I believe right now a bus driver is probably making between $15, $17 an hour versus the party oh, bus no. drivers. They're making 30 and 35 bucks an hour. Plus, they're getting tips on top of that. I mean, it's a no-brainer. That's probably why there's a shortage because of the lack in pay, you know. But, of course, you might get paid that. But at the end of the day, does that come with benefits like medical? Probably not. You know, you got to pay that yeah. out of pocket. So, you know, it kind of evens out at the end. But I think they need to do a better job as far as maybe giving more incentives to get the bus drivers to come back and be able to, you know, go ahead and, and you know, have the kids taken care of in, in a safe manner. Because, I mean, come on now. If you go ahead and pick up a group of elementary kids, man, you're putting them on a party bus. They're going to be acting, asking the teacher, you know, Miss So-and-so, what is that pole there? You know, be like, damn, what do you what do you tell the kids? You know, Stephen, if you had went on a field trip when you were younger and it was on a party bus with a stripper pole. What were your what would have been your thoughts as you get on that bus? <laughs> I hope there's no diseases on that pole. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, first of all. Yes, but also I'm thinking, okay, go back to 11th grade, man, that makes me feel old now, but <laughs> I mean, that's that's a that's a bus, and I mean, all right, I mean, I know some of my friends are probably like, hey, let's try it, I'm thinking, I'm not that flexible to try it, but <laughs> I mean, that's my kind of bus. <laughs> hey, can we, can we just, can we state the obvious here, like, we're focusing on the wrong thing here. My question would be, who's sanitizing the seats in the bus? Is it actually clean? I mean, just saying. Okay. Yeah. Let's just put it like this. Sanitized. You don't want to go ahead and shine a black light in there. It looked like some no, type of murder not. scene. You know? So it is what it is. Live and learn, I guess, for that for that particular school district. But it does shine a light, like they said on the article, on the shortage of bus drivers. And hopefully that gets rectified. And, and school districts across the country can have the right amount of bus drivers employed so they can take the kids on field trips and not have to rent the party bus, you know, but right now it's Thursday night football, Rudy. It's the Texans. It's the Carolina Panthers. It's the third quarter with six minutes and 20 seconds left. Right now, the Panthers are beating the Texans 14 to six. Rudy, you had made some, uh, I guess, predictions prior to the game and you were telling people how you felt. Do you still feel that way? As far as uh, Davis Mills goes for the Texans? Yes, sir. Yeah. I, I I call it the Tyrod Taylor theory, you know, and it's it was obviously before I even mentioned it to a lot of people. But anytime Tyrod Taylor has been gotten injured or left, that next quarterback has always had – he stepped up and he's been, you know, rookie of the year or just been that much better. We're talking him in, you know, Los Angeles. He got hurt. Justin Herbert stepped up. Clearly, when he got hurt, Baker Mayfield is next up. I mean, you're also talking he left Buffalo. What do they do? They go and get Josh Allen. So to say that a rookie like Davis Mills won't be the next best thing, I mean, if you're going by the Tyrod Taylor uh, effect, he probably should be rookie of the year coming up in this season. I mean, that's I think David, Davis Mills is really underrated. You're talking about a guy who – the New England Patriots were going to draft him instead of Mac Jones. But considering Mac Jones was still available at uh, the position that they were drafting in, they took Mac Jones. But Bill Belichick wanted Davis Mills. I mean, he wanted him bad. He just wasn't going to draft him in the first round. So 
that just shows you that this kid just needs a little bit more seasoning. He's not doing terrible tonight. I mean, but again, it's, you know, the Panthers and the Texans. That's not, you know, a barn burner. So I still feel, and I actually picked the Texans to win this game. And I'm, I mean, I'm not looking too bad. It's only 14, six. So if they can pull out this win, I'm, I'm going to look like a genius. And even if they don't win, I'm back. Like, ah, I just took it for the hell of it. Yeah, I'm going to ask you a question, too, because I'm going to go around here because it is football season. Football season is in full effect. And yes, I'm a big time mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys fan. And I know Steven is a Dallas Cowboys fan. Wesley, I believe you're a Cowboys fan. Am I right? Joe, I think I was born in Cowboys diapers, <laughs> had Cowboys PJs. I took every family photo with a Cowboys shirt on. Am I a Cowboys fan? You're, fan, you're damn skippy. I'm a Cowboys fan. There you go. And no, That's what I want to hear. No amount of Jerry Jones. And people will never understand that. People will always ask the same question. Are you going to be a Cowboys fan? You know, even though Jerry Jones, I'm like, the Cowboys aren't Jerry Jones. That's just who has been leading them into the ground for the last 30 years. But nonetheless, we're always eternal optimists. I know you are, Joe. I know you are, Steven. And I know, Rudy, you know, God bless you. I know what you're going through with the Atlanta Falcons, but <laughs> man, the, the, the Cowboys got you beat there, my friend. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're that team that you go in back in 95 and 96. You go, yeah, hey, man, this is sustainable. This is going to be a great franchise. They're going to keep winning Super Bowls. Here we are. Here we are starting year, what, 26 now without a Super Bowl title? And we're like, yeah, there's always next year. Okay, no, well. it's. It's getting to the point to where, you know what, something needs to change, man, because I'm tired of losing Wesley. I might have to yeah, start uh, I, I changing know. allegiances, man, if I, I want to be part of a winning culture. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm always going to be a Cowboys fan. But, man, it's, it's kind of rough. You know, looking at Rudy's, you know, Atlanta Falcons in the NFC South right now, they're dead last. They're one, two, they're fourth place. You know, they've, they're 0-2 right now with the first place uh, winners being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are 2-0. We're looking at the, the Dallas Cowboys right now in the NFC East and who's tops the NFC East as of this, you know, viewing right now of, of ESPN and the NFL standings. It would be the Washington football team at one and one. Mm-hmm. Second is Philadelphia. The Lechuzas Cagadas, like I like to say. And if you don't know what that means, <laughs> look it up. One and one, which we're going to play. I tell people Washington's going to be the best team in that division. I don't doubt that, Rudy. I did, didn't doubt that. And it's, you know, it's the amount of talent that they have. And also their coach is pretty damn good. Unlike the Cowboys coach. They don't have the QB. You don't win without the QB. Yeah. When they lost uh, Fitzpatrick, that did hurt a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboys right now are third place in the NFC East at one and one. Just finished beating the Chargers. (laughs) And they praised the kicker after the game. Like, this is the dude that, that lost you the game against the Buccaneers because he couldn't kick a field goal. He couldn't kick an extra point. And you give him the game-winning ball. To me, that was just asinine. Steven, I know you're a big-time Cowboys fans. Vamos para la Super Bowl this year, Steven? <laughs> well, first of all, the Cowboys could very easily be 2-0 and right now if they would have beat yep. the Buccaneers. But with that being said, um, Cowboys – Super Bowl, I'm thinking I'll be happy if they just make the playoffs, okay? <laughs> I'll be happy if they're the wild card team. We need to play that sound bite the- now. Playoffs? Are we talking about the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's start slow. Let's go playoffs first. If we could, but no, for real, though, in all honesty, if they stay healthy, which has been a, a challenge for them the past 
what, four or five years, they get to stay healthy for a majority of the season, they could possibly find themselves in the second round, maybe even the NFC Championship game, if they stay healthy and play as well as they are capable of playing. Now, am I predicting they're going to get that far? No. But I'm predicting they'll make the playoffs at least. I mean, they are a good football team. They're a better football team than they were last year. Obviously, having Dak Prescott back helps out a lot. You know, C.D. Lamb has a year under his belt. You got, um, you know, DeMarc, uh, Cooper out there getting some help out there. So, I mean, we got they have a good squad out there. I will say, and I know I get crap on this every single Super Bowl, every time Tom Brady goes for a Super Bowl, I root for him to win it. The reason being, it pisses off every single NFL fan, and I enjoy watching that. Because let's be honest, <laughs> Wesley and Joe, I know you both know this, if the Cowboys ever make the Super Bowl, you're going to have people rooting against them because they hate the Cowboys. Oh, definitely. So, the best next option is seeing Tom Brady win a Super Bowl just to piss off every NFL fan out there. <laughs> yeah, I know Rudy's going to keep it real with this. You know, Dallas Cowboy fans have delusions of grandeur every year. Vamos para la Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to make it this year. This ain't going to be the year. I'm going to be honest. We got Dak out there on one good leg. You know, we, his ankle hasn't even fully healed yet. He has to stay inside the pocket. He looks good for 10 yards or less. He's not really mobile. Then you got Zeke, who uh, it just looks awful. We don't have a secondary, Rudy. Is there anything good that you can tell us about our Cowboys uh, team this season? That the season's already started, so it means it's almost <laughs> over. <laughs> no. Um, I, honestly, man, I, I praise the Cowboys a lot this year. And this is even in our preview shows that we've done. I, I do have Washington as the best team in the NFC East. I have Philadelphia as a close second. I have Cowboys at third. But to look at it all, all three teams, I mean, even the Giants, that, that whole division, as bad as it's been, these four teams all together, they are good teams. They're on the right path. What the Cowboys are lacking, it's not so much secondary help and all that because it's kind of the same stuff every year. If you were to put Greg Popovich in charge of the Cowboys as their head coach, you would see a Cowboys team, a bona fide playoff team every year, possible Super Bowl contenders every year. They don't have a coach that can light a fire under them. I mean, you can throw an entire zillion gas cans underneath this team. McCarthy doesn't know how to light it. I mean, that's the problem that this team has. You have McCarthy, you had Jason Garrett, you had Yuck Yuck. You had a bunch of guys there who are players, coaches, and that's what they don't need. I mean, I don't understand Jerry's when it comes Jerry when it comes to hiring coaches, but needless to say, their defense has gotten a lot better. It's gonna be way better because of Dan Quinn, who I know personally, thank you, Dan Quinn, for screwing me out of another Super Bowl. You and you know, that schmuck uh, Shanahan from over there in San Francisco. But I I think with Dan Quinn, you're going to see a better defensive side on the Cowboys squad. I actually am not going to be shocked if they make the playoffs this year. They may even win the division. Everything about the Cowboys screams good. They just don't have the fire underneath them. And with this coaching staff, with Mike McCarthy in charge, you're not going to get that. If you had Dan Quinn as the head coach... I would be real different about this Cowboy squad. And to be honest, man, with 
I really and I use I use hate very loosely, so don't take this the wrong way, guys. What I really hate about cowboy fans is when you know, oh, you're a Falcon fan. Oh yeah, man, you know, you know, y'all y'all were doing good. Super Bowl, yeah, okay. Man, it sucks being a cowboy fan because we haven't had a title in 20 years. Okay, bitches, y'all have had titles. I don't have a title <laughs> on my team. You you almost I've, had one. I've sniffed victory in a Super Bowl. I had it for three and a half quarters. You can say we have titles. We've won the Super Bowl. I can't say that. So when Cowboy fans tell me, you know, oh, you know, we have it bad. No, you don't. You don't have it bad. 1962 is when the Falcons came into existence at the AFL. 1966 is when they became an NFL team. I've never had a Super Bowl win at all with the Falcons. I've sniffed it, you know, a couple times. But what is it? Being always a bridesmaid, never a bride. I'm not even a bridesmaid. I mean, I'm I'm damn near Falcons are just a flower girl. We're just a part of a couple of <laughs> Well, you know what? You you have your 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 golden god out there, your false idol, Matt Ryan to thank for that. <laughs> I you know Matt how Lewis. I feel about Matt Ryan. Matt <laughs> Matt Ryan he was a great quarterback. And I say I I use great as very loosely as possible as well on this. I mean, he was serviceable. And when he had the right OC under him, uh, he he could dominate. I mean, we're talking a guy that was MVP. I mean, you're talking a great quarterback with the right coordinator. But when you can't surround him with an offensive line, and even at that, the offensive line is not bad. But it's just something about him. It's like it goes back to the Spurs, Joe. I mean, if it doesn't work and it's not working, don't put a Band-Aid. Don't fix it. Get rid of the problem. And try something new. I mean, I, I have more respect for you if you go 0 and 17, but you made moves, then you go, you know, 0 and 17 with the exact same roster. But Jerry and doesn't like getting rid of the problems, Rudy. That's the issue. He likes to go ahead and well, give no, them no. big contracts. Jerry, but, you know, Jerry at least wants to make a splash. It may not be the right splash 99% of the time, but he wants to make a splash. Arthur Blanks for the Falcons. Come on, we're talking about a guy who got Chick-fil-A in there on a, a Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> Chick-fil-A's never open on Sunday. What in the hell makes you think Chick-fil-A inside the Mercedes-Benz uh, dome is going to be open every Sunday for a Falcons game? Rudy, they got it from that the one, the one or two. kind of genius we have running this damn organization. They got it for the one or two times you're going to have a Monday night game or you're going to have a Thursday night game. You get <laughs> you some Chick-fil-A, you know? <laughs> Oh man. Hey, so okay, look. Here's here's the scoop, right? I mean, the Dallas Cowboys and the Atlanta Falcons really are, I mean, look, it's all the same right now, right? It's the same kind of same kind of deal. It winning is subservient to everything else, especially with the Cowboys. I mean, I, I don't remember guys which which um national person was talking about this recently, but it was a one of the more famous boxers who said that you know, talking about some of the greatest of all time that went to to train in places that were just kind of like holes in the wall, gyms and those kinds of things, because they wanted to, to be better. They wanted to be surrounded and be humbled. And they wanted to have, you know, their origins, you know, multimillionaire guys that just wanted to go and train in places where they could focus. Right. And I, and I remember this and, I, and I'm sorry, it escapes me which 
national brought, you know, uh, national person was saying this, was saying that, you know, the, the problem with the Cowboys is, you know, this, this boxer was saying it too, is like, you can't be the world champion and train in silk pajamas, you know, uh, and, and sleep in silk pajamas. I mean, you, you have to be able to, to be that worker, that, that blue collar kind of attitude all the time. And I'll be honest with you, Rudy, I respect the, the hell out of the Falcons because they always have that blue collar attitude and you know, they're going to fix it. The Falcons will probably win a Super Bowl before the Dallas Cowboys. And I love the Cowboys, but you know what? The problem is with the Cowboys, they have the star and they have all this stuff. They have all of these fancy things, but you're right. They don't have the fire. They have a coach and a general manager and a, you know, owner that basically want to show off glitz and glamour and be the talk of the town. And when it's, when it's going to be about that every single time, you're, you're going to get, you know, flashes of things. You're going to get some things of hope and you're going to be the talk of the town of the NFL and everything else. But you know, you're going to be the $6 billion franchise, but I mean, what is it going to accomplish? I mean, to me, and this is just being real. I think the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm not saying this is a homer. I think they have one of the top three squads in terms of talent in the NFL. And I think what it's sad is that, that they they cannot have anything to show for that year after year, because as you say, it's the coaching, it's the GM, it's the ownership, it's the attitude. Yeah. It's going to be a long season to say the least for, Dallas Cowboy fans and for uh, Falcons fans at that as well, Rudy. So you're, you're going to be in for, as we said, the mantra of the season for the San Antonio Spurs is pain. I think that bodes well for both Falcons and Cowboy fans as well. So <laughs> as we break this show to a close, because we're kind of going long, but we haven't been on in quite some time. So we had a lot to say, you know, and it's going to be like this as we record more and more episodes of the Two Shots podcast. Our new show format is going to be encompassing everything in the world of sports. And I believe next Tuesday when we go ahead and record again, maybe me and Rudy and Chelsea might have something to say as far as what's going on in the world of combat sports, because we love combat sports. I like watching boxing. I like watching UFC. I even like watching wrestling. So we're going to go ahead and talk about some of that on the next episode of the Two Shots podcast. So we have a lot of things that you guys can look forward to. And we're also going to start diving into the world of entertainment news. So, Stephen, that's right along your alley there. So we can actually maybe talk about some of the reality shows that you cover, such as Big Brother, and maybe start talking about some new shows that we're all watching on Netflix. I know that I'm going to be watching some upcoming shows, and I know that I just finished watching Star Wars Visions on Disney Plus, and I thought it was, even though it wasn't all that, it was still better than the new trilogy. Let's put it like that. And I hope Jeff, our good friend Jeff Garcia, gets to see it because I'm I want to discuss that with him afterwards. And we know how Jeff is; he gets <laughs> he gets very heated when you start talking about the new trilogy and Star Wars. He's a very passionate fan. We'll put it at that. So as we close the show here, let's go ahead and start with you, Stephen. Where can they follow you on social media? Yeah, Joe, before I do that, you're right. Um, we're, I'm excited to talk more about our reality TV. And let me just say, um, after 23 seasons of Big Brother, you're going to have your first ever African-American winner this season. It only took 23 seasons. But wow. <laughs> this show has been on since 2000. I was 10 years old when this show was on. And um, we've never had an African-American winner in what, 21 years. So you're going to have an African-American winner, which is pretty cool. But you guys can follow me on Twitter 
at Stephen Reports, my only Twitter now. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, I got verified over the summer, which is really cool. So I made only one Twitter account where I cover Spurs. Uh, the, everything going on in the White House currently and in the world of Washington politics and, of course, San Antonio sports. I got Spurs, uh, SAFC soccer, and UIW football all on my uh, Twitter account. So go on and give me a follow. I know these guys do. So uh, it's, I'm a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have some special guests come out too. I'm going to go ahead and reach out to my good friend, uh, B. Damone, uh, he runs a, a little site called Along the Wire, which is has great high school sports uh, coverage. So we're going to go ahead and get him in here and hopefully he can give us some of the games of the week that we need to, you know, take a look at. If you can, maybe you go out there and, t- and, and watch them yourself. And also we need to get our good friend J.J. Pettis back on the show so we can go ahead and talk about UTSA football because they're having kind of a good season. You know, they look pretty damn good. So. I want to talk about some UTSA football, you know, and I know that Stephen, you're very passionate about UIW since you are a UIW alumni. So they're doing pretty good themselves right now. So we got a lot to talk about uh, moving forward, recording new episodes of the Two Shots podcast. So Rudy, where can they go ahead and follow you on social media? Well, you can first go to my OnlyFans page. Oh, no. Oh, God. I don't have that anymore. No, Are you, you can follow me. Don't antagonize him. Special of ninety nine cents where I send you a oh, dollar for being a subscriber. Man. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I, uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Sweep the League. Uh, definitely, uh, you can find me on Facebook, Rudy Campos Junior. Just search that. If I, you send a friend request. If I accept you, you're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> Uh, but we've got Sweep the League uh, radio coming to the airwaves of San Antonio. Uh, it's going to start October 17th. It's going to be from 7 to 9 every single Sunday, two hours. You get to put up with myself. Uh, Derek Gervin, uh, legend, UTSA sports basketball legend. Derek Gervin is going to be with me each and every week. Uh, just a cast of people that's going to be out there. Shout out to uh, Project Spurs, man. I mean, they're, they're a big sponsor for us. And uh, all the Project Spurs guys are going to be on there giving Spurs coverage left and right. It's going to be a lot of fun. Joe, you're definitely going to be a part of it. Wesley, Steven, you guys are more than welcome to jump on. Call in whenever. It's just going to be a big old party from 7 to 9 every single Sunday night. And I'm going to go out on a limb here, Joe. Before I let you go, I'm going to go on a limb and say this will be the best show on the weekend once it starts. Because you get those primetime hours. So I would, I would assume yeah. that you are, are correct in that. You know, so I look forward to yeah. seeing what you got coming out. And of course, I'm going to go ahead and watch and support you as usual. You know, good things coming out of, you know, Sweep the League. And of course, Rudy Campos Jr., who is one of the hosts of the Sweep the League radio show now, not just a podcast. It is a bona fide radio show. So congratulations, yeah, my friend. We are very excited for you. And also, let's go ahead and transition over here to Wesley. Wesley, where can they go ahead and reach you on social media? Yeah, find me on Twitter at, at Wesley Perk. I uh, wanted to say, fellas, Rudy, um, first of all, congratulations. Uh, I know it, it's it's such a cool thing. You're um, such a talent, and uh, your radio program is going to be amazing. Uh, and, of course, your Sweep the League's awesome. Joe, uh, you know, Two Shots and what you're doing with Two Shots is uh, incredible, continues to expand and become uh, a great empire. Stephen, all of the work that you do, it's, it's such a, a pleasure to – to follow you and to see all the content that you're posting and, and follow that. Uh, I'm just humbled guys. Very, very excited to, to continue to uh, talk sports with you all. Um, and uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to 
my beloved Raiders that take on the Texas Longhorns this weekend up in Austin. I hope they uh, have some good brisket and uh, and take that game this weekend. So um, we'll see. You know, three and zero Red Raiders, uh, two and one te- uh, Texas. It, it should be a lot of fun as it always is. And uh, guys, look forward to to more stuff with you. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you one thing, Wesley. My daughter this week, she's a senior, so we're looking at colleges. And out of nowhere, she comes and tells me that she is looking to attend maybe Texas Tech. So we're going to have to go take her on tour over there because it's one of the schools that's on her short list. Along Yo, with when you- she tours, man, it's, it's over. When she tours, I'm telling you, it's wreck em, baby. That's that's just the way it works. I'm just saying, so, man, I might have to wear the shirt that says wreck em. I might be a, a Texas Tech Red Raider fan if my daughter attends the school. Boy. I got to do it. You brought up something, Joe, real quick that I want to ask you. Because yeah. I want to ask you guys real quick. Am I wrong that I've told my daughter, my eight-year-old daughter and my wife, that you can go to any university in the world you want to go, I will gladly pay for it, except Duke. If you go to Duke <laughs> University, I have told her that I will just kick her out of the family. <laughs> I will write you out of the will. Never ever welcome her back in, at least not for four years. Uh. <laughs> Is that wrong of me to do? I mean, I, 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 my wife says if she wants to go to Duke, let her go to Duke. And I'm like, you know what? You you might want to pack your bags too, because it ain't happening. It's, it's like this, Rudy. You know how we see those videos of of the Latinos, right? And we see a bunch of them out there, and they have the Latino mom or dad, and they get so angry when the kids bring home a dog. I'm not taking care of that dog. I hate that dog. I'm gonna take him back. I'm gonna call the pound. And what do we see happen about a week later? The dog becomes that mom or dad's best friend. Yep, Rudy. You might hate Duke, no. but if your little girl wants to go, <laughs> no. she's going to have you wearing Duke apparel, and you're going to wear it with pride. And if maybe some, no. you know, the realm of possibility, she comes out playing on the band, or maybe she's a cheerleader for Duke, I guarantee you're going to be in the stands clapping your hands for your baby girl wearing some Duke apparel, maybe a jersey or something. I no, no. If, if, I, if my daughter no. goes to uh, UT, she's disowned. Apparently, I'm not the only one. Man, yeah, guys, no, I mean, it's, brutal, it's true. Man, like, they, they can go to A&M, they can go to Baylor, they can go anywhere else, but they go to UT. They don't belong to me anymore. I, I put them up for adoption <laughs> right now. That's it. So, so guys, if, if your daughters are 18 after high school graduation, they like, hey, dad, I want to go to UT or I want to go to Duke. Uh, do you just leave them at the dinner and just don't bring them home? Or what, <laughs> what do you do? You know what? Uh, fire station. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, fire station I, would be I told good. my daughter I, it's like this, man. <laughs> I don't care where you go to school. I'm going to support you. Just don't be, bring any strays home. Like, you know, don't bring any guys back with you. I ain't ready for that yet. <laughs> Joe, your daughter's going to bring home a, a guy with it, an eye patch and a tattoo. <laughs> it says, yeah, I can't right? do it. I, I really can't. I mean, it's, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you can, you can go to SAC. I don't care. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy is going to get a, the do Doing a major in underground, you know, drug dealing businesses. <laughs> I will gladly pay your four year oh bachelor's degree or whatever in drug dealing. Man. I don't care. I, just don't go to Duke University. Rudy, Rudy is Thanks, so career point. Rudy is so full of it. I bet you anything his, his daughter goes to Duke. 
He's gonna we'll, have, we'll remind this conversation, everybody, about this conversation. Yeah. Because <laughs> if she goes to Duke, I will gladly go live. It's probably going to be like, yeah, you know, face mash or something by then where we can go live. And I'll gladly go live. I will gladly go live on the radio show and say, you know what? My daughter's going to Duke. Finally, I can say I don't have a kid at all in my life at all. Oh my God. <laughs> it's going to be Rudy, Rudy going live, kids. getting oh, the blue, do de- the blue, blue devil. Tattooed on his butt cheek. I, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yep. 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 That's what's going to happen. So as we bring the show to a close, you know, you can go ahead and follow me, Joe Garcia, at Two Shots Podcast. And it's all spelled out, T-W-O, Two Shots Podcast. And I'd like to talk with you about anything in regards to the world of sports or going on, you know, anything going on in the world of entertainment, you know? Hit me up if you have a, a good anime or a good manga or, you know, even a good show that I need to stream on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime. I'm all game for watching something new and exciting. So make sure to hit me up. So for Rudy Campos Jr. and Wesley Perkins and Steven Anderson, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for watching or should I say listening to another episode of the Two Shots podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate and be kind. We're out. Peace.